What is going on, everybody? What is going on, everybody? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Not Rocket Science, episode 30-something. I am Sean, your host. Hope you guys are doing well today. It is Sunday, 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 Sunday. It is 3.47 p.m. Sunday December 2nd. It is December now. Holy crikeys. It is December 2nd, 2018. 2018's almost done too. How about that? I was doing the uh the math the other day about how many more work weeks until the holiday season. And it's it's 3, but I can't I didn't notice this till just recently, but Christmas falls on a Tuesday this year, which means Christmas Eve falls on a Monday, which means the Friday before is essentially like the last day. You get a weekend before Christmas Eve, so you're really ending things for all you 9-to-5ers out there like me, pulling, you know... Your five days a week, nine to five, ten to six jobs, you're kind of done by the 21st. Like, I know for a fact I'm going to be going home to New Jersey December 21st, and that's it. I'm on holiday break. Now, I what I do is I work from home, quote unquote, um that week between Christmas Eve and, and New Year's, or Christmas and New Year's. And, you know, I, I do work. If stuff's going on, I will, you know, I'll be on Slack. I'll be checking my emails. But, look, I work in the tech side, and we shut down our releases early December. So I know for a fact nothing's really getting done in that window. People might be doing some work, might have a question, whatever, but, like, the only work I can do is research and testing because I know for a fact nothing's getting built by the developers and released in that window. And that's generally the case at every company I've ever worked for, ever. No one's releasing stuff around the holidays just because there's so many people not working. So I'm pretty pumped this year. I think this is like the best way Christmas in terms of days of the week, can really line up for somebody working a full-time job. Because uh, starting your holiday and doing that traveling the 21st, you know, three days before Christmas Eve, that's pretty cool. I don't remember doing that in previous years. But uh, I've done zero shopping so far. I've done zero shopping. And I'm beginning 
that initial first wave of stress that you feel when you've done no shopping and then you realize it is now December and I am going home the 21st. Not that that really matters, but it's just in terms of weather, getting things shipped to my apartment here where I'm recording out of my studio slash closet or do I, do I do the risky move and shift ship stuff to my parents' house and it's for my parents. I've done that in the past. It's not really a big deal. It just feels a little weird. It feels a little bit strange. I know nothing about what I'm getting for people. But one thing that I've gotten serious about in the past month or so is uh, using my credit card more for points. I, this is something I never really cared about much. Never really liked because I always would have this slight state of anxiety about doing my credit card using my credit card and like having to pay and jacking it up without realizing it because that happens to me all the time i'll think i owe like three hundred dollars and then i'll see the bill and it's like nine hundred dollars and then i'll do the math and i'll look at the statement and i'll realize i did actually spend nine hundred dollars but you're just not thinking about it and to me that's the scary part of credit cards they sneakily jack that rate up and then they you know tack on the interest or whatever without telling you so i've always been a little afraid of using credit cards but then i really got into the points game and it opened up my eyes and i'm like this holiday season i'm going ham with these points i'm using that chase shopping portal to do as much holiday shopping as i can getting that them 4x 5x 6x points so that's what I'm doing this year. So I know for a fact I'm going to be buying at least some stuff off Macy's using my Chase portal. A little bit selfish, right? A little bit selfish. I'm a little conflicted, but I've had family members, when I ask them what they want, they say clothes. They say clothes that you can easily get at Macy's, just like like nice jeans and things like that. So I figure, hey, it's a win-win. I'm getting them what they want, and I'm getting my points up. I'm trying to cop that vacation you know what i mean i'm trying to be one of those dudes in those giorgio armani cologne commercials where it's like blue chanter life live lust and it's just like some fucking jacked but kind of twinkish dude with like a perfect tan and there's like some model girl and she has like some weird ass hat on and they're looking at each other all smittenly but they don't know each other so they're like looking away and then they look and then they kind of like walk towards each other and then there's some sort of like segue sequence thing and then they're in you know Italy somewhere on the water splashing each other and it's like Blue Chanel or it's always some stupid name like uh Perseverance by Giorgio Armani or some shit like that. The funniest one is the Johnny Depp one where he's like, I'm in the desert. I don't know why I'm here. Where did I come from? But I feel it. It's pa- you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to play it for you guys. I'm just going to play the damn audio. I think it's actually called uh, Sauvage. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. By Dior. Sauvage by Dior. Let's see. I'm just going to play the audio just to. I wonder if it comes across in just an audio form as ridiculous as it is in the in the um, commercial. 
because he's like has visions of like buffaloes in the desert and shit and like eagles and stuff hold on here we go oh this is the director's cut let's see come on youtube So it's Johnny Depp playing guitar in a metal room by himself. Like a badass. And now he's riding a 60s muscle car in LA. Looking at shit. I don't know. It's a buffalo in the street, whatever, in the middle of the desert. <laughs> the wolf on his car. Something I can't see. <laughs> he buries the necklace. I can feel it. It's magic. <laughs> so much. <laughs> oh my god. Who are these asshole creative directors coming up with this shit? So he starts off playing guitar in a in like a industrially room. And then he drives, I think it might have been like a 68 Camaro or something, out from L.A. to the desert. He sees a buffalo walking down the street in the middle of the desert. And then he does a bunch of donuts off the road. Just to like kick up dust because that looks cool, obviously. And then, and then he talks about how he feels it. He doesn't know what it is, but and then he takes off his chain, his typical. It's like a typical Johnny Depp chain. I'm pretty sure he was just wearing that, and the director's like, "That's the thing you're gonna bury." And then he whips out a shovel and just buries his necklace, and then looks up at the sky. The sky rapidly goes from like light to dark, and then it fades, and then the the cologne just shows up with the Dior logo. <laughs> That's the commercial. But anyway, the point of all that, the point is, I maybe not that commercial. I don't think I want to be Johnny Depp in the desert burying my necklace. But I do want to be like in those other commercials, those pretty European motherfuckers just having a ball with some stranger lady they just met in the Mediterranean somewhere. I want to be doing that with my girlfriend with points. So I am jacking up those points, and when I have enough points to get my tickets to Greece or Italy or somewhere like that, I'm cashing in, bitches. Feel me? Because I realize, I'm like, if I just actually play this game and mindful about be mindful about hitting my payments... I can get free plane tickets to, like, a place I've never been before in Europe. That would be awesome. Why wouldn't I do that? It doesn't make... And then there's other people that do it like it's a full-time job. I'm not going that crazy with it. Definitely don't have any mental space to go that crazy with it. But, hey, man, I'm going to rack these points up. I've been sitting at, like, 22,000 points for a year now. That's awful because I barely use my credit card. So now I'm going ham with that, Chase Freedom. And uh, this holiday season... I'm expecting a pretty decent bump because I'm going to play 
my point strategy to a T. To a T. I'm going to run that strategy like the Bill Walsh 49ers 80s offense. And it's going to be... It's going to be great. I'm trying to gun for 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 points maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, that's my holiday game this year. I want to get people what they want. I'm not going to get them what I want them to have because I want points and be the asshole gift giver. I have a reputation of being a pretty good gift giver, and I want to hold that reputation. I just want some points. Damn it. Anyway. That is kind of what's on my mind right now. The other thing that's going on is, uh, man, I've been going down a fitness rabbit hole badly, badly, because I realize the more I work out, the more I do this fasting, the less structurally f- like sound I am. My foundation is an absolute mess. I am so bad at everything. It is absurd. My core, my glutes, my hamstrings, all weak AF. It is awful. Um, I've been trying to do these exercises that I like, like kettlebell swings and stuff, but my form is so bad I can't even do them right now. I can do like eight of them, and then it all just goes to crap. So I've kind of shifted my thoughts on how I'm doing this fitness thing, and Now I'm saying screw it when it comes to looks. I'm going to spend just a day or two a week working like arms and back. and Well, back I'm going to be working, but like arms and stuff like that. Um, And I'm just going to do isolation movements just because. I'm not even going to try to do compound lifts yet because I don't want to mess up my back or anything crazy like that. Um, And I'm just going to be working on a little cardio, but mostly strength training for my core and my upper legs that's it that's it core upper legs lower and then back to a degree um and that's it i don't care about the other stuff so much i just have to get my foundation a lot a lot a lot stronger and so yesterday the other thing i did was uh me and my girlfriend we tried this yoga class where she just taught me because she's actually a certified yoga teacher she hasn't done it in a little while but she's been um she's been going to yoga class consistently for like five years now or something and uh so she did a little class with me and boy did i suck boy did i couldn't do anything i was getting knots in my back i was uh getting knee pain neck pain any foot cramps which I get I'm already at a disadvantage because I have a hip issue and I get foot cramps like crazy because of my flat feet um so that stuff bothered me but I powered through finished it I'm gonna keep doing it because it's the stuff that you gotta do I'm not trying to get my Tony Robbins on but one thing that I've learned is doing the uncomfortable stuff is what pays off and that's not new advice. There's a million fitness gurus on YouTube trying to sell you their pills and shit that say the same thing. And they're right. You know what? They're right. They are absolutely right. The uncomfortableness is what gets you better. However, there's a, there's different kinds of uncomfortable. There's uncomfortable like 
getting through something and then there's uncomfortable like you're triggering a really bad injury in that case you shouldn't keep going uh so it's also just being smart about what you're doing but man i'm i feel kind of lost when it comes to this fitness thing but at the same time i kind of know what i have to do at a high level it's just figuring out a workout every time i go to the gym my problem is i never really know exactly what i'm doing because I'll have an idea, but then I go to the gym and my gym's so freaking crowded that like I can't do the sequence of moves in the order I want to do them without just waiting around for someone to finish up their exercise or their routine because there's so little mat space and I do a lot of stuff on the mat. It just, I don't know, it's so crowded. Like Brooklyn and New York's just so freaking crowded that like it's hard to do anything. Even working out, you have to like wait for people. It's so annoying. Um, but I'm just simplifying things, I'm doing, uh, ab work, some chest work back, and then some squats and some glute exercises, some of which I'll be doing at home because they're a little embarrassing. And that's about it. That's about it for now. And I'll do a little cardio here and there, and I'll do some arm workouts here and there. And that's it. Um, still doing my fasting, still keeping up with that. And the thing that I realized that's really cool about technology is like you can have an app or something that doesn't do a whole lot, but when it comes to routines, having an app and particularly having an app where you don't have to do a lot of inputting or whatever is so friggin' powerful. Like I am the laziest least consistent person on earth which is why fitness wise i'm such a mess but i'm able to keep up with this intermittent fasting stuff only because i have this app and the app doesn't even do much i just click start and i click stop and that's it and then i look at the um data visualization stuff that they have over the course of a week so i can like check out my weekly stats or whatever that's it But just the fact that there's something recording what I'm doing day to day and week to week just makes me obligated to do it. It's really crazy. Like, I'm trying to think now, like, I want to make my own app for something that's routine-based and make it really simple just because the simpleness lends itself to being easier to use, which means less time on it, which means you're more willing to use it on a consistent basis. Because the other app that I've used with all this is my fitness pal, but... I've gone in and out of using my fitness pal consistently just because there's so much input. It's just not really quite there from a database standpoint as far as being able to like automate what you're doing. I still have to manually type in a lot of the stuff that I eat over the course of a day. For those who don't know what that is, my fitness pal is basically a way it's an app that you use to be track everything you eat that day for calories. They also have uh, macronutrients when it comes to their premium plan or whatever but i don't do that i just track my calories with it um but i never really go over because i do intermittent fasting so there's so little window so i'm always in the negative um and i think i'm even more so in the negative than what they say i am because their plan puts you in the negative by default so your goal is to hit a a calorie uh limit and not go over it but I always just stay under the calorie limit that they set, which is already in the negative. Because if I use 
my maintenance calculator for what I, how many calories I need to eat a day to maintain my weight, it's always way higher than what my fitness pal has as um, their caloric intake daily. Because the whole way this whole thing works is you have a maintenance that you have to have based on your height, your weight, your age, your fitness level, whatever. Um, and then if you eat less than that per day, that's what lets you lose weight. If you eat over that per day, that's what lets you gain fat. This is kind of like bro science 101 for eating. Oh, and it's real science 101 for eating and losing weight, gaining weight. But um, this intermittent fasting just makes hitting those goals so easy. My problem is I eat too much in a deficit, and then it erodes any muscle you have. I don't have much, luckily, so it's not a big deal. But uh, you kind of want to build muscle, too, while you're doing this, and that's the that's the hard part is building muscle and losing fat at the same time because you have to eat in a caloric deficit, but it can only be a slight caloric deficit realistically because you need to um, maximize your protein and the problem with that is it's really hard to do that. You have to. It's not the easiest thing to eat at a deficit, but take your, uh, eat the amount of protein you need to in a day. Um, I'm trying to do it with powders right now. I use whey isolates. I'm about to get pea protein isolate and try to get about 75 grams of protein through that and then the rest through like chicken and fish and meat and stuff like that. But, uh, and then vegetables, which gives you a little bit here and there. But point is, is fitness apps that keep you on a routine, they do work. And the more they can automate their tasks that you have to do in their apps, the better they'll be going forward. And the easier it'll be for people to stick to to regiments and routines consistently. So to me, like, I never mess with fitness apps that much until now. I tried my fitness pal a long time ago. Um, but, man, it is, it is working for me. It's crazy how much just having something you have to open and turn on and off and log makes you honest with yourself. But otherwise, what's going on? What's going on in the world of technology and culture? It's been kind of a slow week, to be honest. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants passed away. That's pretty sad. That guy created a monster of a show. I was never really the biggest SpongeBob fan, but uh, I appreciated the show. It was a little young for me. Like, there was these people my age and older that were into it, kind of like on that Adult Swim tip, but they weren't on Adult Swim, but it was the same kind of thing where it was like older people liking these cartoons. Um, I never was in it that much, but I'd watch episodes here and there, and I thought it was a great show. So that guy, man, it sucks that that guy passed away. He was young, too. He was, like, in his late 50s. Too early, man, too early. And then, uh, I don't know. What else happened? The Ariana Grande video came out. Thank you, next. Terrible song, by the way. The song was just boring. It reminds me of those um <clears throat> those Mariah Carey singles that she had in like the early 2000s where she just had a stretch of singles that like did pretty well cuz she was Mariah Carey, but they were just kind of boring and slow and somewhere between like a pop banger and a ballad. And that's what I feel like this song is. It's like a boring 
Mariah Carey movie. Uh, sorry, Mariah Carey song. But what's crazy is the video um, broke all these YouTube records. There's something like almost 900,000 people live streaming it when it debuted. Um, which I get, she's a big deal. And I thought the video was cool. Paying tribute to all those movies like Mean Girls and 13 Going on 30 and stuff like that. What's crazy to me is those those were like... those. I didn't... I watched Mean Girls. They actually shot part of Mean Girls at my high school. One day, um, we heard, we all knew that they spent a week basically shooting that at my high school, or at least part of it. And uh, the whole cast was there, so everyone in high in my high school was seeing like Tina Fey or like Lacey Chabert or whatever. I saw nobody, but I think like the last day they were shooting, Lindsay Lohan was there, and I saw Lindsay Lohan come in through the back gym entrance she was orange as hell she was like she was like orange like the dutch national soccer team's jerseys orange like like jack-o'-lantern pumpkin orange like it was beyond any fake tan i've ever seen it was insane because it wasn't just dark it wasn't that like crappy brown tint it was like bright fluorescent orange and that was my main takeaway at the time. I was like, damn, she is orange. And then my friend tried to ask her out, and she ignored the shit out of him. But it's pretty interesting. And then uh, it turned out they were filming MTV Diary while they were at my high school. So I said she was coming from Cancun, Mexico. So that's why she was all orange. But I don't really get that because you'd think she would just actually tan and she wouldn't be bright orange. So I think she got a spray tan in Mexico, which makes no sense to me, but whatever but yeah that was my only time seeing Lindsay Lohan in her prime by the way not now where she's trying to speak Arabic and like steal children because she's crazy that's a sound sad downfall sad downfall and I noticed she's not in the video so I guess they didn't ask her or she is living in Dubai or wherever and is just not feeling it um because they got a lot of other cast members from Mean Girls in that video. Video is good. Video is good. Song's not very good. Um, but it's crazy to me that these are like nostalgic movies now. Like 13 Going on 30 is a nostalgic movie. Mean Girls is a nostalgic movie. Like I remember those things coming out so well. I remember my first job working at a video store. Like a mom pop video store. Which that was already in its like final days at that point i'm not that old but uh this is like 2005 probably and uh stocking mean girls like right when it came out as a new release and now it's like some nostalgic 80s movie or some shit it's crazy it's crazy but uh it is what it is, man. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to hate on Ariana Grande, though. She's gone through a lot. Um, Just not my, I'm not her demo when it comes to music, I guess. Yeah, the only other thing which happened a couple weeks ago that I remember coming out, and I forgot to touch up on it last episode, was the, uh, Dolce and Cabana controversy. You guys hear about this? They're doing a fashion show in China, 
and they had this very kind of insensitive video about um it had some model eating italian food and chopsticks and like making all these jokes about how big the italian food is and then someone messaged uh either dolce or gabbana i think gabbana right um which one was it which one was it which one was it yeah it was a gabbana stefano gabbana um yeah he uh on the instagram just basically went full on uh prejudice against china hit him with that schism calling he called china ignorant dirty smelling mafia and a country of shit amongst other things according to the wikipedias and uh yeah you can't do that when you're the head of a major fashion brand man it just doesn't work out that way i get it's a cultural thing uh i'm not trying to be prejudiced here but in my experience with native italians because i know a few i'm from new jersey by the way um they don't really pull punches they're pretty honest they're not the most politically correct bunch from my experience um so maybe he feels this way and that's what he said but you can't do that without backlash particularly when you already made a video promotional video to do a fashion show in china that was a little weird to start with um with the whole chopsticks on italian food thing so yeah they don't really know how to be pc very well obviously and he's had issues in the past with this kind of thing um they've also had tax evasion issues and things like that but uh yeah the other thing was in march 2015 elton john called for a boycott of dolce and gabbana after dolce referred to babies born through in vitro fertilization as chemistry children and synthetic children in an interview um sparked word words and then with gabbana later calling john a fascist and calling for a counter boycott however he later clarified that his views on ivf were separate from dolce <laughs> okay when asked in cnn whether he supported ivf he responded yeah i don't have anything bad to say because the beauty of the world is freedom and we love gay people we are gay we love gay couple we love gay adoption we love everything it's just an expressive my private point of view all right so he tiptoed around the subject and didn't really answer the question at all the point is is they have a history with this stuff look there's people with old school opinions on things and a lot of them just aren't going to say it and i guess these guys say it um and by old school i mean prejudice i mean a little racist a little sexist and it is what it is, but they cannot be doing that shit now and expect to grow their brand the way they want to, particularly having a fashion show in China. That's the craziest thing. They're saying all this stuff about China, but they're having the show in China, and the whole thing stemmed from a promo to have a show in China. So obviously, they probably just view the Chinese market as a money grab, and the strategy for growth was probably to have a show in China because... People in places like China um, tend to spend money for premium brands. Like, that's been proven in studies over time. Asian culture is very uh, brand aware and are willing to pay premium prices for 
high level branding um probably more so than american culture maybe even european i don't really know um but branding's a big deal and when i was at rutgers in college i used to see it was the craziest thing rutgers is a pretty diverse university and i'd see these middle eastern students like packs of women who were wearing um traditional I don't know the names of the robes, but they were covered from head to toe in these, like, black robes where you'd only see their eyes. But they would have, um, like, Versace bags and really good cell phones, like iPhones. I don't know if iPhones were even out yet. It might have been, like, the Motorola sidekick or something, but they would have, like, cutting-edge cell phones and Versace bags, Gucci bags, but were dressed fully covered head to toe, walking around campus in little packs. And it was just a mind trip because, like, I went to a pretty diverse-ish high school when it comes to, like, white people, black people, Hispanic people, but there were not a lot of Asians, not a lot of Middle Eastern people. Um, But in college, I got that exposure. And it was just crazy seeing that. At the time, I'd never seen anything like that, and it was just, like, how commercialism penetrates culture at it to a T, like to the most extreme levels. So it's pretty interesting, but um, yeah, those markets in Asia definitely, and the Middle Eastern markets definitely, definitely pay for those types of brands. I mean, that's what Dubai in a nutshell is, right? Like, it's just a land of premium brands and nightclubs and popping bottles and all that bullshit. But, uh, man, I'm a little hoarse today. I don't know what's going on. But I just wanted to touch up on that because that happened last week. And I think I already recorded the episode before it broke. So I wanted to make sure I touched up on that. But there isn't much to say. These guys are probably extremely non-PC in their personal lives. And because they're rich and they're, you know, the top dogs of their brands. They're very used to just going off the cuff, not really giving a shit about what they say or filtering themselves or going through a buffer of PR professionals to kind of edit what they say and create statements. They're probably not about that life. And they're probably a little slightly racist, a little slightly uh, old school in their mentality, and they don't really care. They let it out. Until this stuff happens, then they got to publicly apologize. But we'll see what happens with their brand. I wonder if they take a tumble in terms of long next, you know, few years, whether they struggle in sales compared to their competitors because of this stuff. It'll be interesting to see, particularly with holiday season kicking off right now. But, uh, yeah. Anything else? I think that's it for me today, guys. I really do. Um, With me, like, I've kind of taken a step back from all this tech stuff and this culture stuff and I'm really just focusing on getting my skinny fat ass into shape and I'm using a ton of uh fitness apps but I'm really just getting into the fitness thing right now and I want to see where this leads me hopefully it's a lifelong thing and it becomes a routine and less of a research thing where I have to like figure out what I'm doing all the time and I can just do it and I'll free up room to take on some of the other stuff that I've been doing for years at this point that I've kind of taken a step back on 
But anyway, thanks for the support, guys. Thanks for listening, of course. And uh, I will see you guys next week, as always. And uh, keep it locked. Hit us up on Twitter, at NRS underscore show. Instagram, same thing. And if you have a question, email us at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com. If you want to support us, we have on our support page on Anchor, which will be linked um, in the show notes. There's a option to throw some support our way if you want to. If not, no worries. No worries. It's all good either way. But uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all I got today, guys. Coming in strong at a cool, crisp, chilly 36 minutes here in Brooklyn, New York, where it is cool, chilly, and rainy outside, but not too cold. It's been the hottest day this week at roughly 57 degrees. So I'll take it. Got to get my ass to the gym, put in this quick workout before I go out to dinner. So I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Peace.